I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This is episode 58 with Allison Cavatore. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxy. Hey there. Before the episode starts, I just wanted to ask a huge favor from you faithful listeners. I'd love it if you could leave a review and comment on the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. Just go there, you know, give it five stars or four stars or whatever you feel like, and then just leave some comments about how you feel like some of these episodes have helped you out. So, as told by Nomads on iTunes or as told by Nomads on Stitcher, and uh, leave some reviews. Thank you very much, and enjoy the episode. Welcome, everybody. Today I have with me Allison Cavatore, and she is the founder and editorial director of Global Living Magazine, the ultimate lifestyle magazine and preeminent resource for expats worldwide. Global Living Magazine is a lifestyle publication for global citizens who consider the world their home. With a unique focus on expats and living abroad, Global Living Magazine includes exclusive contents from expats by expats, including articles on international travel, living abroad, expatriation and repatriation, culture, business, world-class cities, and much more. Global Living Magazine is published six times a year, and you can visit that at Global Living, global, sorry, you can visit that at globallivingmagazine.com for more information. Welcome to the show, Allison. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and for that wonderful intro. <laughs> you're welcome. So I, I talked about you and you know how you uh, you're the founder of this amazing publication. But can you give us a little bit of background about who you are and then maybe talk about why you started Global Living Magazine? Yeah, sure. Um, so I will sort of do the medium length, I guess, since I don't want to take up all your time on the intro of where I'm from and where I've lived. But um, I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, and my dad is from Spain. My mom's from the States. Uh, they met in the States. Um, when I was eight, uh, my family moved to the Netherlands in 1993. 
so that ages me. There you go. And, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, we lived there for five years. We moved uh, with my dad's company. He was uh, working for a fiberglass company at the time. And uh, we lived there for five years as expats. Um, and then in, what was it, uh, sorry, 1998, we moved to Paris also with his job. Uh, and we spent five years there. So that included my eighth grade uh, through graduating high school. Um, and then in 2003, I graduated high school and I moved to Montreal, Canada for um, undergrad. I went to McGill and I did four years there. So 2007, I was in, through 2007, I was in Canada. And then after that, I graduated and I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do yet. So um, I moved to Miami, which, I, <laughs> which is probably a lot of people's stories. Um, when you don't know what to do, you move to Miami. And um, I just kind of worked there and did Miami stuff for about a year and a half. And then I moved to Geneva to start a master's in counseling. At an, it's an American college called Webster University, and um, so it's all taught in English. Um, and I did about six months there before I decided that probably a master's in counseling was not right for me. Um, but it was in Geneva when I first started working for magazines. So I interned at a English uh, language magazine called Swiss uh, Swiss Style, and it sort of uh, caters to all the expats within Switzerland. And um, uh, that's kind of where I became interested in magazines. So after I decided to stop doing uh, counseling, I moved back to Miami and I started a master's program in communications with a focus on print journalism. Um, and I did that for a year. And then after I graduated, a couple days actually after I graduated, I started Global Living. Wow. And that's yeah. that's quite the journey right there. <laughs> so, so you said your, your dad's Spanish, right? Your dad's Spanish? Yes. He was born in San Sebastian, but uh, his family comes from Madrid. Wow. Well, they're based, well, most of them are based in Madrid. So what was it like living at home? Did you have to navigate between the Spanish side and the American side? Or were you just all, was it all English growing up? Um, when we were really little, my father spoke, he spoke quite a bit of Spanish to us. We have some home videos where I'm very fluent and impressed by my child self. Um, <laughs> but as he began to travel more with his job, um, we, we ended up speaking more English at home with my mom. So um, as I grew up, I kind of lost the Spanish. I can still understand quite a bit. Um, living in Miami helped, uh, and now Arizona, um, that helps a little bit, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, yeah, well, I'm not too fluent in Spanish, but I do, we did have like our grandparents come visit us, um, when we were still in Pittsburgh and we used to go to Spain, um, as kids to visit them. So I was kind of exposed to cross cultures at an early age, mostly because of my dad's family, even though I was still living in, in okay. Pittsburgh. Okay. Now you decided to launch your own magazine. Why did you want the focus to be on global living? Um, well, I think it, a lot of it had to do with the fact that I kind of was still living a global life. My parents, when I went to college, my parents stayed in Europe, so I still had that connection back to Europe. Um, I was dating a half-French, half-German man who is now my husband, so I was still really connected to the sort of expat cross-cultural world, and I didn't really... I didn't really know of any magazine that focused on expats living all over the world. There was a lot of localized publications, so for expats in Holland or expats in Belgium, um, mm -hmm. for example. There was nothing that kind of just focused on everybody around the world, so or even British people in the States. Um, so I had worked, I had interned at a couple magazines during grad school, and I really liked it, but I 
kind of wanted to just do my own thing and focus on what I would be interested in reading and something that I think other expats were probably maybe missing out on a little bit. So it kind of went with that guidance. No, it's good. I mean, I mean, I've obviously I've written one for you, one article for you, but I've read uh, the stories yeah. there, and it's really, it's it's fascinating. And obviously, we we both know um, of a lady that's doing <laughs> basically a year long piece for you. Um, yes. <laughs> Lucy, yes, Lucy, Lucy Shinoda. But um, and, and it's you know it's fascinating the stories you hear and the perspectives. So it's you're you're trying to create this platform for expats to to understand the expat experience or just to share the stories. Is that, is that um both? I mean, uh-huh. if you're not an expat but you're curious about the life, I think that's also it's a good magazine for that because you know all the contributors that write for me have so such different stories and they can write about the same topic and have completely different opinions on it and that's i think thing, yeah. that that makes it kind of special for expats or people curious about the lifestyle just to kind of there's just no end to the conversations and diversity <laughs> that you can get into even just one topic i hear you and, and is there a, anything you could say about the expats mindset you, how has it helped you in in your personal life your professional life and how do you see it manifested in every day? You obviously, and also you're married to someone who's who identifies with several cultures as well. So yeah, well, actually, it's it's kind of ironic because I'm not technically an expat right now because I'm back in the states, but right. I'm married to an expat right now. Um, not that I'm not going to be married to him later, but he's an expat <laughs> right now in the family. Um, and you know, in the in the future, maybe I'll be an expat again. Um, but, you know, I mean, just living abroad and meeting so many different cultures, people from different cultures and being exposed to different kind of lifestyles and traditions and um, kind of enjoying it and being a little bit, I wouldn't say bored by my life before I moved abroad, but just sort of happy that I was exposed to so many different things. Um and even just, you know, getting, when I moved back to the States, I really didn't know if I was going to still be connected to the expat community. So through the magazine, I've really sort of rebonded with that side of myself mm-hmm. and sort of really found that that's always going to be who I am, even if I'm living, you know, back in the States for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really helped a lot that it sort of brought me back into the community and I've found other people who don't ever really want to leave that community because it's so welcoming and it's so diverse and you can meet such amazing people um, even if you're not an expat at this moment but you might be in the future or you were in the past. Yeah, no, you mentioned even if you're not an expat people can benefit from your magazine. Can you talk about the importance of having that diverse mindset or what diversity actually brings to any environment? Um, well, you know, if you're if you're somebody who's never left your home country, but either you know somebody or you've always wondered what it was like to, you know, to go abroad, or it's it's different when you go visit a country versus when you go live in a country. So maybe there's somebody out there who has visited, uh, you know, Spain, for example, and they enjoyed it, but they never really had the, I, I don't want to say guts, but, you know, the opportunity or the spontaneity to go and just live there. Um, maybe this magazine will influence them that it is possible to do it. You don't have to be on an expat package. I know that's, you know, becoming less and less (laughs) common nowadays. You can literally just pick up and go and, you know, start a blog, start a podcast, start, you know, start anything and go live, go live what you've always dreamed of living. And there's a lot of examples of that in the magazine. I think it might encourage people to do that. Yeah. No, good. You you were talking about podcasts and, um, other multimedia functions. Do you have any... What's your future vision for Global Living? Do you how do you see it growing? I know it's an app right now yep. on on the magazine store, on App Store. Yep. Yeah. What else? 
Um, well, I would love to be able to get, um, right now, like you said, it's in the app, and I also have print on demand. So the print side of it, I get kind of half and half feedback on that. Some people love the print. Some people just want it on the app with you know easy access. Once you download it, you don't even need Wi-Fi or internet for it. Right. Um, I, you know, I definitely want to expand the app. I want to, you know, get it, get all the expats, you know, make them aware of it, let them know that this resource is out there. Um, but I also, you know, I don't want to quite give up on the print side of it yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> even though some of my professors, you know, were, oh, I don't know if print's going to keep going. But, um, you know, so to get it, subscriptions, distribution, um, you know, get a, either a larger publisher involved to help with the distribution because expats are all over the world. And um, I've found that a little bit tricky to get it to all the expats in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, definitely expand the app. Um, and kind of just see what the need is as as it grows and as people continue to read it. What do they want? What do they want out of it? And how do I adapt to that? Yeah, it's good that you, you're you're actually being receptive and you're you're looking for those things that the readers want. That makes it more uh, engaging. Now it's www.globallivingmagazine.com, right? They can find out yeah. every single thing. Good. All right. Absolutely. I'm very curious about your personal life, though, because you've lived everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, don't worry, it's not going to be too personal. But, <laughs> uh, but my my question that's personal here is how have you resolved that feeling of home? Because, and I'm also curious about the you being married to an expat and if you see that man, you know, if that manifests itself sometimes because his home is somewhere else and your home is here to a certain degree, but you also sometimes maybe restless to go abroad. So, yeah. how's that? feeling gone on in, in, in the your... awkward home question right <laughs> uh, we love it and we hate it um yeah i mean i've kind of battled with this a lot as most expats and third culture kids do um i've kind of come to realize lately that home is kind of where i just feel more most comfortable i mean you know physically yes i'm in my home right now i work from home this is you know i use that word lightly when i talk about home and where i work and all that but where I currently reside is home, but the feeling of really being comfortable in a, in a city or a country, um, I've had it in certain places. I haven't had it in other places. Um, everybody who knows me is going to roll their eyes when I say Washington DC feels like home to me because I talk about DC all the time, but it really, that city really, it, it felt like home. I feel really comfortable there. It's international enough. There were quite a few Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. People that I went to high school in Paris with that ended up in DC, so I was able to continue those bonds and just kind of have people that got me, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Um, 
I do, I, you know, when you're in the States, you feel like, oh, I missed Europe and I want to go back and that was home. And when you're in Europe, you miss things about the States. Yeah, it's always that back and forth. It's like, ah, which one? <laughs> yeah, best of both worlds, I guess, yeah. would be ideal. But <laughs> um, Canada was kind of a really interesting combination because I was in Montreal, so it definitely had the French flair. Um, which was really wonderful for me coming from France. Um, but then I also got sort of the North American experience as well. So, you know, a lot of people asked me if it was hard to move back to North America. And I think because I had that middle step of Canada, mm -hmm. um, I didn't really have a culture shock until I came back to the U.S. And I was sort of more isolated without as many expats around me, mm. um, which when, was only when I got to Miami. So um, I definitely felt a little bit more at home in Montreal. Um, I don't know if there's a definitive answer to that. <laughs> no, no, I, I, th I actually think your answer is perfect because you gave several, which actually just hones in the point that home is yeah. really where you're comfortable. You said you had culture shock in Miami, is that correct? Yeah. In <laughs> I Miami, did. I was just in Miami, I was in Miami last week. Oh, wow, uh, okay. Yeah, I love Miami, but you, really, how, how, why was it so shocking? Because I, I thought maybe the Latin vibe would have resonated with you. Yeah, I would have, I, you know, I didn't really think about it when I moved there. I think it was just, it was more American than I had lived in mm. since I was eight years old. Wow. So, okay. and it was a lot less, you know, I didn't really bump into people from Switzerland or um, I didn't bump into anybody from high school. I actually ended up living across the hall from my best friend in high school, but that was the one exception. Yeah, the one exception. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. It was it was it's a great place to visit, and now that we don't live there, we go there quite often. Ah. <laughs> While I was there, it just it just didn't it didn't settle as home for me. I don't know what it was. If it was because it's, you're right, it's not a very American place. But I don't know. It was maybe just coming from the other places. It was so different. No, it was funny because when I was in Miami, we had um, went to a few houses, and there were some friends over. And a few people had moved there, and, and um, there, there were a couple of couples who said they just hadn't found a sense of community there yet. Yeah. And then there were, I heard the opposite side as well. So it was like a mix. Some people said, I, I really like it here. This is where I want to be. And then, you know, there was this other couple that was like, you know, I'm still looking. <laughs> so, yeah. so when you said that, I was like, that's really interesting because I've only visited Miami. I've never lived. So it's always different when it's visitable live. So, yeah. Um, huh. Right. Which is the same for, you know, any place. I mean, yeah. it's not just, I'm not bashing Miami by any means. Oh, no, 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 yeah. not at all. I yeah. mean, but it's the same thing. I mean, in New York, for me, I'd only visited before, but I had a feeling that I wanted to live there. And people would tell me, no, <laughs> it's crazy. It's too crowded. But <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I um, it's actually been good for me because I, the crowd reminds me of Lagos where I'm from. And I'm actually one of those weird people that finds comfort in and you know just chaos so yeah you thrive on the crowd yeah, yeah. so i'm one of those so yeah no that's good all right yeah. now what's your favorite country um i assume this is to live in or favorite country to visit Ooh, to visit um that's tricky i do like italy i mean how can you not like italy to visit yeah, that's tough yeah um, that's tough yeah, Italy, I think Switzerland is always a good experience living and visiting. Um, they're just, like, they're organized, they're polite. I don't know. It was, it's always a good experience in Switzerland. It's okay. beautiful. Um, I kind of, you know, I, I haven't, you know, I've lived in Europe and I've lived in the States and I've lived in Canada, but I, I always kind of call myself a soft expat. I haven't really lived in a place exotic. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, I still have to visit the Middle East and... 
I, you know, who knows, we might end up in Asia one day or something, you know. So okay. favorite places to visit, yeah, a lot of in Europe. So that's Swidley for you, Swidley, Switzerland, yeah. and, <laughs> Switzerland and Italy. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, okay, since you've been Europe and uh, North America centric, any country with the best food in your opinion? France, and not just because part of my part of my family is now French. <laughs> um, yeah, it's got to be France. I think um, we we get little care packages from uh, my husband's grandma, and when they arrive, it's just like heaven. So, <laughs> gotcha. Wow. Okay, yeah. France. And uh, what about music? Oh, I'm kind of all over the board there. Um, you know, I like the top forty. I like electronic music. Um, I know a shockingly high. A lot of rap songs. I know a lot. We have to revisit. Well, hold on. What is your? Favorite? It's not that kind of podcast. It's not that kind of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Because uh, you know, I, I was I was very excited. I was I was about to hear with you with, with rap songs. But um, once you stop recording, then then we'll go into that. Yeah. yeah I, I thought you might have dropped straight out of Compton or something. But uh, <laughs> no. Okay. 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 So you're all over the place. You know, you said EDM. Um, yep. Um, which I'm still trying to get used to. And okay, you'll, you'll get there. I, that's what I hear. Everybody tells me all the time. I, I'm giving it a chance. EDM top forty, some rap, some pop. All right. Okay. Yep. Cool. Um, but before we before we get to the closing part, I, I want to talk about how you use your difference to make a difference. One, and then the other one is how maybe one time you had you you overcome a cultural change or you you can't overcome a challenge of accepting and embracing your global identity maybe you're in a different environment that's probably miami for you and then um you overcame that by just accepting who you are and embracing your global identity so well we can start with how you use your difference to make a difference and then uh okay well first of all i want to say i applaud you for you know bringing that concept to light and encouraging people to explore how they can do that so i think that's really great what you're doing thank you um, and um, I don't know if other people that you've interviewed about this have been like, oh, gosh, I hope I am making a difference. <laughs> I don't know if I am. But, um, you know, I think with my magazine, just kind of bringing to light the fact that if you're an expat, just own it and embrace it. And I haven't been an expat since 2008. And I still feel just as strongly connected to that community. And I'm totally comfortable with it. And, you know, it's it's about being comfortable with who you are and that is who I am. I was a, you know, I was a third culture kid. That's the life I had. I was very fortunate. Um, and I hope that through the magazine and through people sharing their stories and, you know, getting emotional when they read somebody else's stories, they can kind of feel a little bit, uh, just feel related, like feel connected to somebody, even if they don't know them, which you've obviously, you, you were at the families and global transition conference with me last, uh, last month. And you kind of feel that as soon as you walk in the room. You just feel like, ah, you know, like this is my group. This is this is who I am, and I'm totally cool with that, and I want to share my story, and I want to inspire other people to share their stories. Mm-hmm. So if my magazine's doing that, that, you know, that's a huge bonus, and I hope it can continue to do that. Well, I can tell you that that is actually absolutely true because, I mean, when I was doing research and trying to find magazines, you know, yours came up. And I, I, yeah, no, and I did just some research, and I was like, these are stories that needs to get out there. That's why I wanted to write for for you, and um, you know, I, yeah. I think it's amazing what you're doing because there's a certain sense of relatability and magic that happens when you can read a story and say that that's me, and that's something that I get. 
Um, yeah. And, you know, you were talking about the FIGT conference, we, which we were at, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago. And it was one of the only places where we felt like we were the majority, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and, and it was okay to ask somebody, like, so where have you lived? And yeah. you could just stand there and talk about it. No yeah. judgments, you know, nothing. Yeah, yeah. It was funny when we had Niels, I think he was the the uh he felt like the minority there and it was like well you know this is how we feel every day but (laughs) (laughs) But, um no it was uh no so it was interesting and i think what you said is actually true because people always i'm always curious about how exactly to make a difference but if you know even if you can make it in one person's life and that starts a reaction i think that has a big impact. Uh, yeah. Once you can't Which see. is, you know, it's also inspiring to meet people who are trying to do the same thing. Like, so it was really great to meet you because you're encouraging people to look inside themselves and see, oh, am I making a difference? And how can I make a difference? Right. And I think the expat community is full of such creative, inspiring people. And it's just, it's been really fun to even dive back into that community now that I'm not an expat. And continue to do so as I become an expat again. Yeah, inspiring people like Allison Cavatore. I mean, come on. Yeah, why <laughs> not? <laughs> All right. Uh, so what about a, a time when you had to really dig deep and really embrace your global identity? Maybe it was a, a difficult time, but you overcame it. Um, I, I'm, I, I looked at your like pre-questions <laughs> this morning and I was like, oh gosh, he's going to ask me that question. Um, and I, I really, I believe I've been pretty fortunate and I didn't have any huge identity crisis. You know, you go through the typical teenage things and, you know, when you're 13, you're trying to figure out who you are on top of the fact that you're an American living in Paris. And But, I, you know, I was in an American school and a lot of my friends were from around the world, so we all kind of were battling the same thing. Um, I honestly would say my biggest sort of shock to the system was when I moved from D.C. to Arizona. Um, It's a beautiful place, um, but I haven't really found an expat group or expat people. You don't really run into people as you do in other cities. Um, So it's been a little bit like... I sound American. I, you know, I am American. I have a passport that's American. But I don't feel like I fit in with the Americans um, that I'm now predominantly surrounded by. Um, so I think that was maybe the hardest time for me because I, before this I had lived in sort of international cities and it was sort of this move was sort of an exaggeration of the Miami move because the Miami move, you know, I had my friend from high school there and I had my now husband there. Um, but this is a little this is this is a little tricky with the. Right. the identity <laughs> yeah no it, but i think but what you're really harping on there is that it's constantly a learning process for everyone yeah and it's never i mean even if you're an expat or you're not an expat or whether you were before it there's always constantly we all evolve and it's sometimes it's whether it's it's whether you're a parent you're a wife you're a kid you're a new environment there's always something that we can learn and grow from um, yeah, and, and it's also been it's been a good opportunity for me to sort of be like, all right, you know, you're American, you can do this. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's sort of been like, okay, you know what? When you go out, maybe just leave a little bit of your, hey, I've lived here and hey, I've lived there. You know, leave it at home a little bit. And if there are people that want to talk about it, that's fantastic. And if not, you know, you'll survive. So it's that's sort of been maybe this is what repatriation is it's just taken me this long to get <laughs> get here <laughs> no but you, no, you I, I think you're doing a good job i mean when we talk we talked for hours i mean 
when we when we were there. So when we met, yeah. we hadn't. We hadn't I, it's funny. I didn't realize that we were sitting at the same table. <laughs> but, yes, the first. I think it was what the first day. Yeah, yeah, the first day <laughs> for the first uh, opening note, and then I was like, God been talking to you over email and didn't realize we're on the same table so yeah that's always the thing when you try when you try to put an email address to a face and you're like oh there he is <laughs> <laughs> no but i appreciate it so i mean i mean this has been great thank you so much for all the time you've taken and do you have any last words you want to say any other updates we can look up to and um well a couple just a couple little shameless plugs um <laughs> the next issue is coming out at the beginning of may and then um, your uh, podcast listeners can, of course, look forward to your future interview that will be in our July-August issue. So we're going to flip the table and interview you. Uh-oh. So, back test, <laughs> get ready. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. So May, the next issue, and then you got another one in July-August? Yes. All right, all right. Well, I will be sure to put that there and put the links for there, and hopefully I'll, I'll have this timed for when you release this on. So that'll be right right there. That would be so great. Good. I look forward to it. Thank All you right. so much. Thank you. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.